Lord God, we thank you so much for what you've done in our life. That you have taken those mountains that have inundated us, they have overcome us, and you just move them away, Lord. And so we know that you have done that in the past and you can do that in the future. And so we praise you for your power and your strength and your might and your compassion and your love for us. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. How y'all doing? Pretty good. It's uh, the end of the This Is Love series, and we have this uh, awesome thing that we're doing on Ash Wednesday. Do you guys know about that? We're going to be going, uh, we're going to all come together this Ash Wednesday, which is two days from, three days from now, depending on whether you're using the Eastern calendar or the Western calendar. I don't know. It's like three days from now. Uh, And Ash Wednesday is the day when we'll all come together and we will celebrate the beginning of Lent, which is the run-up between now and and Easter. It's actually 46 days from Ash Wednesday until Easter. Um, Six of those days are Sundays, and they're actually days when you're supposed to party and have fun. But the other days, you're supposed to be sad. No, no, no. We'll get into that. We'll have a good time. It's a series that we're calling Significant Sacrifice, and um, it's kind of, this series ends on Ash Wednesday, and the new series begins on Ash Wednesday. And uh, on Ash Wednesday, people will come, and anyone who comes that evening will be invited to put ashes on their forehead with oil um, and, and uh, ashes that are made from the palm branches from the previous year's uh, celebration of Palm Sunday, recognizing that everybody was cheering Jesus, go Jesus, go Jesus. And then like five days later, they were all cheering, what, crucify him, right? And so we are these messed up human beings. That's what's to remind us. And then the words that will be used when the ashes are put on the forehead are these, they say, uh, um, from dust you came and to dust you shall return, or ashes to ashes and dust to dust. You all know it too well. I think that's probably the most known scripture uh, because we know it. And it comes actually from the very beginning of the Bible, from Genesis, when God created Ha-Adam, Adam. Have you ever heard of people say God created Adam and Eve? Well, Adam means earthy one. Uh, Actually, it means human. So God created a guy named human, or in Hebrew, it's earthy one. So, the, so, uh, so actually, that, that is how you can refer to yourself. You are the children of Adam, the earth uh, from the dust. And uh, actually, Adam and Eve also means living. It, it means to, to be full of life. And so Adam and Eve were created, and this, this first people rebelled against God. They turned away from God, even though God created this incredible home for them, a perfect home that was peaceful, and there was no harm. Everything was good until they turned their back on God. And then, uh, I don't know if you have ever had a kid or babysat a kid, or you remember from when you were a kid, uh, the word consequence. Do you know that? <laughs> okay, so a lot of times, like my kids will do something, and I will say, I, the reason I, the, I, don't blame me for this. This is your consequence. It's on you, buddy. And so a lot of people kind of turn to God and be like, oh God, why are you doing this to us? And God is like, okay, look, if you run and jump off of a cliff, guess what happens? You're going to get a boo-boo, okay? All right, I'm, I realize I'm not talking to my two-year-old son anymore. Sorry about that. But you're going to get hurt. And so that's a consequence. That's a logical consequence. And what follows is this. And this is what God says is the consequence of people turning their back on God. It says these words, by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. Now, isn't it interesting that bread is like a, a flower? It's, it, it is literally from wheat, grows up out of the ground, and then we take that wheat and we turn it back into dust again in order to form bread. Are you following me a little bit? It's kind of cool. Anyway, so, um, and I'm not sure that this would have been like too much of a consequence for like someone like Oprah, you know? Um, by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. 
bread, I love bread. You know, that's what Oprah would say. So I don't know, God, sorry. Oprah's a, Oprah's a tough nut to crack, I'll tell you. <clears throat> so by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. Um, for out of it you were taken. Interesting, right? You were formed from the ground. You're, you are dust. You're dusty ones. And you are dust is what it says. And to dust you shall return. It's a beautiful scripture. And it reminds us that we are dust, that, that we turn back into dust, and that the, the buildings of this world turn into dust. The, the, even the city streets of this world will turn back into dust. The mountains will turn into dust. If you look at uh, deserts, deserts are actually old landscapes that have all just been crumbling down and turned back into dust again. And so have you ever heard of the desert growing? That's what deserts grew. They just, they just grow a little bit more and more each year because they're, they're more, of the, more of the dust is growing. Okay, that may not be scientific, but I know. Because um, <laughs> I realize there's a lot of people who are pretty like, okay, you're all smarter than I am. I get it. So, so anyway, it reminds me, um, this, this image though, um, we have this scripture that we've been using for this series and we have this image of the heart that is actually ashes brought together to form a heart. I love it. And it's, um, the scripture that we found is this one that's from 1 John four sixteen, And it says, God is love. Just let that soak in. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God. And God abides in them. What powerful imagery that, that you can abide in love. You can take up your house. You can make your, 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 your living space into love. And that then love can abide in you. That love can like turn your body, can take your soul and turn it into a, a, a place of accommodation. And, and then, I love the ending of it, and God abides in you. That God would actually move into your heart and soul. And that's how we avoid the dustiness. That's how we make sure that dustiness and the death is not the last word in life. Now, it reminds me of last year when my wife and I, we moved from Pasadena to Paso Robles. Uh, we packed up all of our belongings and we moved up here. And it was pretty amazing because when we arrived with the moving truck, we had about 30 people that came and the whole truck was emptied and all of the furniture was set up within like 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Is that awesome? That's like a dream come true. How many people would, would like, like, just raise your hand if you wish that had happened when you moved. I mean, come on, I've done it before and it hasn't always happened this way. It was a miracle. Bed set up, swing set set up, everything. Guys were like, can I do anything else? I'm like, I don't know, landscape, whatever. <laughs> um, so it's, it was an incredible experience moving in, but, but it reminds me of moving into that house. And before the movers came, we drove up the weekend before because this was our first house. We were taking this very seriously. Uh, the first house that we could call our own, at least 50 years from now when we pay it off. But um, <laughs> it's our first house. And so we are able to uh, go in and we did a deep cleaning. And then even after we did our deep cleaning, we hired a cleaner to come in and get rid of all those cobwebs. It was clean to begin with. I don't get it. But we had to have it super clean. And then we moved all the furniture in. And I love that it took all of these people to do it. The whole community of God coming together and making something. Like talk about moving mountains, right? That's incredible. And then after the furniture was moved in, we spent days and days uh, setting up shelves and putting picture frames on the walls. I must have spent three days just lining up picture frames and moving them around. And, uh, and, and for the past year, we've spent painting the walls. Like we painted the main room and now I have to get into the bedrooms and then the bathrooms. And you know how it works. It, 
And we've even changed the backyard. We've, we've made the whole backyard much prettier. And there's a lot of work. And, and I don't think this stuff is ever going to finish. I think it'll go on for the rest as long as we're there. Um, but it's, 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 a, it's cool when you go through our house, there's these little signs that my wife has put up, these little words. And one of them is over the stove. And it's this word that says blessed. It's a little uh, like metal stone. And I'm like, when I see that and I'm cooking, I'm like, yes, I am. You know, it was like overly blessed at that. <laughs> and so then, then uh, there's another sign that when you come into our house, it's a big, big wall sign that my wife was so excited when she ordered it. She said, I got to get this sign. I said, I don't know what you're going to do with a huge sign like that. So it's this one. And it says these words, and I love it. In this family, like a command, like do it. <laughs> if you want to be in this house, we do second chances. We do grace, we do real, we do prayers, we do mistakes, we do I'm sorry's. We, are there, is there anyone else who does loud really well? Am I the only family that, oh, you're all good, <laughs> thank you. It's like, uh, and we do hugs, we do family, and I love how it ends. We do love, we do love. And then there's this other like panel of three picture frames on the way in the front door. And this is what they are. They're a, they're a song by a group named Sleeping at Last. Are there any Sleeping at Last fans in here? All right. Well, you will be tomorrow. So this is the lyrics to one of their songs. We will call this place our home, the dirt in which our roots may grow. Though the storms will push and pull, we will call this place our home. We'll tell our stories on these walls. Every year we'll measure how tall, because you know how you measure the kid's height on the little walls. And just like a work of art, we'll tell our stories on these walls. Let the years we're we're here be kind, be kind. Let our hearts like doors open wide, open wide. Settle our bones like wood over time, over time. Give us bread, give us salt, give us wine. These, uh, these words on a rough day are speaking to me, even though they've kind of faded into the landscape. Sometimes I'll look up and I'll be like, oh yeah, in this family, we do second chances. Oh yeah, in this family, we do real. We do, real, we do loud really well and we do love. And of course, my wife has, has put this little picture frame above the piano because she wants me to remember um, <clears throat> that I still love my dog when I pick up the poop. That's what she wants me to know. She's like, remember, you love this dog. And I say, yes, I do. This is love. <laughs> but I tried a logo. Okay, we stuck with the ashes. We thought that was probably the best way to form the heart for this series. Um, <laughs> no one else is as messed up as me. <laughs> so um, anyway, it's true. Um, so, so one of the things that, um, that we hear in the scripture today, God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them is this image of God taking up residence inside of our hearts and our souls. And I imagine that what God does when God takes residence inside of our hearts and our souls is that God goes in first and he cleans out the cobwebs and does a deep cleaning. And then I love the thought that that the furniture gets moved in, but do you know how God would prefer to move in the furniture? With lots of people's hands and feet, not a long, drawn-out process that's difficult. God would like to have lots of people from the, the body of Christ to surround you in your life and to bring in different pieces of furniture to help you furnish your home. That's what God wants. And then God actually wants to continue this process by decorating the walls and and putting new countertops in in the future and and putting in new flooring or or, or painting the walls. And then when the wallpaper gets outdated, he wants to go back and do that again. See, God has this open concept. He wants to tear down walls. He has a radical plan for your life. 
And when I was a kid, I don't know about you, but we always renovated a house right before we sold it. I don't get that. <laughs> Is that the worst, most cruel thing ever? I remember we were like, we don't have, like, let's do that kitchen. And we've always, oh, we get a dishwasher? Yes. And we're going to move a month later. <laughs> no. And I think a lot of people in life, they're looking at the, 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 the housing of their soul and they're thinking, I'm going to delay the big reno costs and the big things of life until the end. And I think that's a pity because I think that God would want us to, to, to live in a beautiful, beautiful soul. And so as you, as you think about this scripture, I wanted you to think about how God might be coming into your life and, and wanting to do some renovations. How God might be wanting to come into your space and, and you might be thinking, gosh, my, my soul, why would God want to live there? God has so many more beautiful places to live. Why would God choose me? The Bible's full of, if you from front to back, there are people in the Bible who say, why did you choose me? Paul says, I can't even believe that God chose me first. Do you ever wonder that? Like there's all these people in the world who don't know anything about Jesus, but God chose you to be the person who knows before they do. That's like jackpot times a million. You got that first. And there's all these other people who haven't heard it yet. They will, but they haven't heard it yet. And you get to know first, why did God choose you? I can't answer that. But there's this beautiful thing that, that God does, and God wants to inhabit your body, inhabit your soul, and inhabit your mind. And in that moment, when that happens, God doesn't leave. God doesn't pack up and leave when things get rough. God doesn't pack up and leave when there's a storm or when things go downhill in your life. God sticks around. God is going to do the hard work that needs to be done. And, it, and a lot of people want that renovation to take place in one minute, you know, like extreme whatever makeover, you know, on TV or fixer up or... That's not really how life works. It takes years. And it's an ongoing process. The idea is to just submit and say, God, I want you to do this in my life. Now, yesterday, I went to a meeting on a Saturday. And I got up for this meeting at 5 o'clock in the morning. This is a little sarcastic, by the way. And I went to Oxnard. I was so excited. No, I wasn't. <laughs> to go to a meeting in Oxnard on a Saturday. And my wife was like, oh, well, since you're going to a meeting in Oxnard, I'm going to make your life miserable and take the kids to the San Diego Zoo. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so she went and had fun. She's sending these pictures from the San Diego Zoo, selfies, like, all right, whatever. <laughs> and uh, um, they had a wonderful time. But, you know, it was, it was hard because they were gone and I was a bachelor and I don't wash the dishes or anything. My house starts to get dirty. Um, she's on podcast. I'll clean it up, honey, before you get home, I promise. Um, She's watching online, so I just don't want her to have a panic attack. Um, <laughs> and and so, so I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I think, I don't really have to go. I mean, there's a lot of sickness going around, and I'm not sick. But I thought about telling, you know, a little bit of a fib and saying, you know what? I'd rather stay and do a lot of other work that I could do and not go to this meeting of these 20 churches and these 20 pastors, yada, yada. But some miracle of God. I found myself on the road getting down to Oxnard at whatever time in the morning. And, um, and it was beautiful. There was a worship service with all the leaders from the different churches and all the pastors from these different churches throughout the central coast. They all came together. And after the worship service, there was this time of lunch where we got around these tables, eight people to a table, and we started to talk about the disaster in Santa Barbara. 
You know the flooding and the fires that took place there? There was, if you don't know about it, there were fires that, took, that consumed all of the hillsides over Santa Barbara and Montecito and all of these poor towns. And then afterward, the rains came and these just tremendous floods of mud and debris and rocks came rolling through these neighborhoods and destroyed houses and killed 23 people. It was horrible. And so all of the churches were getting together and they were all brainstorming and every person contributed an idea. Um, everybody got like three minutes to talk about an idea of how we could find a way to love these people. Now we know that, that, that Montecito probably has enough trucks and enough people to work the you know, FEMA rescue monies and those kinds of things. And, and there are some people who will need assistance, but the one thing that they're gonna need more than anything is they're gonna need love. They're going to need people to walk alongside them through the long process of recovery to help to rehabilitate them and let them and move that furniture in and clean, it, clean things out. So as I'm going back from this, this like meeting, awesome meeting we do quarterly, and, and I'm driving back from Oxnard, I drive by the hills of Santa Barbara and I see these burnt trees. And something tells me, you got you to pull off. And so I pulled off in Montecito because one of the pastors that was there was from that church and he said that his, the people in his neighborhood had died because of this terrible tragedy. So we pulled out and, and when I pulled into one of the neighborhoods, this is the picture of the house that I, the first house that I saw. And as I looked at it, I thought about the family that lived there and the dreams that they had and the memories they had and the little measurements on the wall and, and how this was their, their heaven, that they had found their garden of Eden in life perhaps and they thought everything was going to be great. And then I drove down the road a little more and I saw this house. Talk about moving mountains. All of that debris had been moved out of the way but can you imagine what must have taken place for that house to look like that? And then I landed at this house and I got out of the car and I just stood there and I prayed for them and I was just overcome by what, what it must have been like for these people and what they're going through. And I thought, am I really preaching a sermon series on how everything in this life is dust? Ashes to ashes and dust to dust? Boy, this screams that. And there's the reminder for us that comes from Scripture. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. See, we're not just dust. That God wants to take up residence inside of our souls. As I was there in Santa Barbara, there was a, a guy that was coming out of his house, and uh, I just rolled down the window, and I, I said... Um, I just want to let you know that I'm from Pastor Robles and my church, we've been praying for you guys and we love you so much and we're so sorry what's happened in your life. And the guy was visibly moved. He walked across the street and he just shook my hand. He said, thank you so much. And then he walked back into his house. You know, isn't it amazing just to have the courage to, to extend love to someone just for a second can, can really leave a lasting impact. Sometimes just even the smallest handshake or, or the expression of kindness to someone can, can, can take a, what otherwise would be a dark day in their life and actually transform it into something really beautiful and something really wonderful. You know, this, as you came in, did you guys get this card for the, the, that says Easter in a pen? 
Um, and, and in a second, the ushers will be coming forward and they'll be ready to hand out more of these if you don't have one. But um, one of the things that I want you to do is to write your name on it and write your email. So minimal, just write your name and email on it and we will send you a devotional um, that we're starting this Wednesday that will be following Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. And at the end of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, At the end of those 40 lessons, there's this beautiful scripture that Jesus says. And he says these words, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does them and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and it was, and great was its fall. Jesus is saying that if you want to have a strong house in your life, you need to furnish it with the word of God. That it's essential, and that's why this devotional, I think, is an an essential thing leading up to Easter and leading up through our whole life, to always be furnishing this, this house that we have that is inhabited by God with the Word of God, because that is what it means to build our house on the rock. You see, in dark days when you're walking down the street, you're reminded of God's goodness and you're reminded of the depth and compassion and the and the breadth of God's love because you remember those words because they're written on your heart. When Jesus calls us to write the scripture on our heart, he's actually saying, don't just have it go in one year and out the other. Have it become a part of who you are. Experience it and engage with it. Now, this last Easter, last year, this is what the group of people looked like who helped serve at Easter. Can you believe that? There were 100 people in that circle that day, all with their families. We had a huge barbecue at the end. And this was after we had had two other parties, I think. And then they had all had separate parties. It was basically just a huge party leading up to Easter. And we made the commitment last year that if anyone wanted to serve as part of Easter, we would make sure it was 10 times better than the experience of actually just going to Easter. And so the kids are always invited and the families are participating and, and everybody gets engaged and you make like 10 new friends and we, we have an incredible time. And, um, and one of the things that we also set as our dream was to have 100 people last year so that we could express the love of God to people because we knew how important that handshake was or that high five. We knew how much it meant to people to have someone welcome them and let them know how much they matter. And they all say that what you remember when you go somewhere is not what you heard. Gosh, that's a bummer. (laughs) Um, It's actually how you felt. That's most of how how people leave a space. They, They remember how they felt. And so we have the dream this Easter of making sure that people feel welcomed and loved and cared for. That when they go to Easter, they feel like they, they know, they can sense that there are people who love them. You know, I think about those houses in Santa Barbara, and I think about the devastation that has taken place on them. And I actually reflected on the houses in Paso Robles. And I actually thought, you know what? We see houses that are, for, for the most part, looking pretty nice. But what we don't see is the devastation. 
Because the kind of devastation that comes into people's lives in the form of sin and brokenness and evil and wickedness, all of those things come in. They don't leave these big mud piles on the outside of houses. So no one's sending FEMA emergency services to come and help people. But you know what? God has put you and me as ears and eyes on the ground to care for these people. And so one of the things on this form that I want you to fill out today, we're going to do this at the end of the sermon, is I want you to write down the name of the person that you will pray for. And I just almost kind of want to hide that little part and invite to Easter. Because I think for some of you, you might say, whoa, hold on. But I want you to step out in faith and I want you to write down the name of that person that you know their house is covered in mud, that their house is a complete destroyed mess and that their life is in shambles and they need some people in this world to start praying, some people to think creatively about how to extend God's love into their life. And so I want to challenge you to not just write your name and your email so you can be part of our devotional campaign, but to write, and we don't do this every Sunday. If it's your first time, we want to let you know. We don't always stop for, to fill out a form. This is very uncommon. And then we will ask you to write the name of the person that you want to pray for. And we want to remind you, we'll send emails to remind you throughout Easter to pray for that person throughout this season leading up to Easter. And then on the back, we want to invite you to be a part of the disaster response team. Because these people are hurting and they're coming in off the street and they've had a difficult year and they're really in a lot of pain. And you know what they need? They need a lot of people out there willing to extend a handshake, willing to give a high five, willing to embrace them. And our promise to you is that this will be the best Easter you have ever had because of the level of commitment and passion and and love that you will experience as being a part of this. You know, there are gonna be 3,000 people probably at Easter this year at the Mid-State Fair, all at one service. And for all of those people to experience and feel loved, we will need to be boots on the ground. That we're going to need to be there. We can't, we can't just take the day off. Because this is the day when these people need it the most. And I just love every Easter, the people take the flowers and they put them on the cross. And to be there, just supporting them, praying for them, walking alongside them. It will matter. Because you know what? It's that moment when things in the world for people who only lived a dusty existence, all they know is dust. All they know is ashes to ashes. But we know more than that, don't we? We know more than ashes. We know more than dust. We know love. And we know that God is love and that those who abide in love abide in God and that God abides in them. And that's the dream. And so after we pray, I'll give you about a minute, and it's going to be kind of nice in here. We don't have a lot of quiet time in worship, do we? But, but you can talk. Don't, don't feel like you have to hold your breath. But we'd like you to fill it out. Is there anyone who doesn't have a form that would like one? There's one over here. Anybody else? And then bring a, bring a pen to that person. And then um, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much um, We know that this uh, gift of love came at a cost to you. That you laid down your life so that we could be full of life. So that we could have these broken, um, broken, torn down wreckage of homes, of our souls, transformed and rehabilitated so that the world could see how much you love us 
And Lord, we just pray that you would, um, you would work on our hearts and bind us together with love. And we thank you for bringing our churches together and that we are not the kind to step down when we see the wreckage of the world around us, but we are the ones to shine and we are the ones to hit the streets and just love people and care for them and use all of our creative brain power and our soul power and our heart power to impact this world for you so that people know that you are love God and that you want to be with them forever. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, amen.